Thank you for joining us for this episode of Crossing Barriers, Building Friendship, a podcast of Peace Lutheran Church in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Jacqueline Jones, a 33-year-old who grew up in church but is now an atheist, is our guest. And the fastest growing religion in the U.S. is the nuns, as in N-O-N-E, or no religious preference. So as a pastor of a mainline Protestant denomination, I want to learn more about this trend and what the church needs to do differently. But before we get into all of that, Jacqueline, how do we know each other? What is our history? We have known each other for a long, long time. Uh, and, you know, you have watched me from elementary school all the way into my adult life and kind of grow and change and experience life. Um, you are good friends with my parents. And so it's one of those that connection has always been there and, and beyond just friends of like, we, when I come to town, we go to dinner. When, uh, when the family has a get together, the odds of you and Joel being there are very high. So I beyond just friendship, more of like a familial uh, relationship. But when, when I was a kid, you were Miss Anne and you were my tutor, my math tutor, as well as like somewhat Sunday school-esque teacher. You were a leader at, uh, can I say the names of the churches that we're talking about today? I, I think that's up to you. Just know that it's going to be out there. So <laughs> yeah, well, so we, we attended Brook Hollow um, yeah. in Nashville. And so you, you were a leader there. Um, and ended up somehow getting stuck working with us kids. <laughs> I think one summer I was the kind of the interim youth pastor or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So as you mentioned, at one time I was your tutorer and I'm hoping that now you can tutor me and help me gain some understanding. So as you've already mentioned, you grew up in church. Um, so I'm just curious, what parts of church connected with you? Yeah, so especially when I was a child. So again, we're talking uh, from as young as I can remember being uh, kindergarten. I remember my kindergarten uh, Sunday school teacher, Miss Witty, growing up with her and knowing her. And my, my church experience was really, really positive when I was young. And I do think we need to preface that not all churches, like I, I attribute that positive experience to the community that was at Brook Hollow. I, I cannot say that every Baptist church, you know, would have had the same sort of feel for me. But uh, I had three or four friends that were right at my age, and that was my main friend group. Because of my circumstances in life, I changed schools every year of middle school. So fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, I was going to a different school. So I couldn't really establish friendships at school. So I had my church community, which I saw every Wednesday and multiple times on Sunday, because we'd go in the morning and in the evening. Uh, so that was really a foundational community to me. And so that was a really positive experience for me having those friends that I had them all year round. It wasn't just during the school year. Like we were uh, growing up together and uh, again, playing games, singing songs, uh, probably causing some trouble for the church leaders because <laughs> one of my friends was the pastor's kid. So, you know, we knew where every nook and cranny in that church was. Um, it was our playground. Uh, 
And so that that community uh, was really important growing up. And it was also really important, you know, now as an adult looking back, uh, when my mom divorced in the 90s, early 90s, that was still very taboo. But she did lose many friends um, because of religious reasons with divorce. And thus I lost friends. There's that both that positive and that negative, which is something that I find it's very dualistic throughout my experience where there's there's the good and there's also the bad. And the bad is a little more hush hush. It's a little more secret. We don't really talk about it. And uh I think that is something that I find a little frustrating with um, at least my experience in church is the that dark side and the like we just don't talk about it like that happens and we don't even make amends you know we just don't talk about it anymore and we move forward. It sounds like church was a safe place for you growing up and with all the changes that you had in school life and even in your family Mm -hmm. life. So when did that begin to change where church was a safe place to all of a sudden it wasn't? And maybe what barriers did you encounter in church? While I entered into middle school, we made a move. And with that location move, we changed churches. Um, and I started attending another Baptist church, um, but this was one of those mega churches. That was a huge shift. So again, I've gone from, I've moved schools yet again, and now we've moved physical locations and I've now lost my community. And trying to fit in with this new church and how it runs was very difficult. Um, it They were the kind of church uh, that would say, well, you may have been baptized, but it wasn't right. Like you got to get baptized through our church, even though you got baptized at this other church. Um, other Baptist I, I don't church. Know. Exactly. Yeah. But that one didn't count. Uh, and I don't know if that was about numbers. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it was a political thing or, or what was up with that. Um, we also had this really intense, um, Again, the way I look at it now is manipulation of, we would put all the kids in this like ratty house that we turned into a a space for the teenagers. And, you know, they would play the music and, and we would sing the songs. And then you go through this like euphoric, like I feel so good, I feel so positive. And then at some point during every sermon, you know, for the teenagers, some point during the sermon, you feel like you are the scum of the earth. You know Mm. what I mean? Like you are taken through that emotional roller coaster where you are nothing and you need to rededicate yourself today, which again, this is every Sunday you are rededicating. And again, going not in an adult way of like, you know what, I could have done better. Like I'm going to New Year's uh, resolution it, like I'm gonna do better, but more of a like, I am made to feel this way. And and again, I I feel very emotionally manipulated by that. Mm. Um, And uh, so that that was very confusing. Uh, And I was was in, I was 100% in. I attended, again, church, every opportunity that I got to uh, in high school. 
I became a leader in the church. I was going to a separate Bible study that was off site from the church that one of the leaders, and I'm doing air quotes there, um, held who now when I look back at his record, uh, you see a lot of homophobic statements. You see a lot of anti-woman statements. You see a lot of, you know, if, if a woman is claiming sexual assault in the church, well, that's her problem statements from him that he put out when he was teaching me, which again, I, again, didn't know this, didn't research him, but I was really ingrained in his teaching and his lessons. Um, now I, I'm this weirdo kid at school who I'm afraid to become friends with people who are not, of uh, not only Christian or my religion, but like, you need to be attending my church because we're, we're the right way. We're the right answer. As a teenager, I'm sure you had lots of questions and were encountering sort of different perspectives and views. If you ask questions in that Bible study, how were they received? Questions were like, you would have the leaders, uh, again, which are just different parents and different adults from the church, not necessarily who have been to uh, ministry or been to uh, school for for this. I think it was threatening to the power to ask questions because if they didn't know the answer, many people would not tell you, I don't know that answer or I'll look that up. It, it was a like, hey, how dare you question me? Like what I just said, what had no issues with it. So how dare you even have a question for me? And then B like, oh, I don't, I don't know that answer. Uh, so I remember uh, very vividly, this was when, when my downfall happened. We're sitting, and again, this is a Sunday school group of like 50 to 60 uh, ninth graders or 10th graders, right? And we're sitting in this huge space and the minister, uh, the youth minister is up there talking to us and he asks, how many of you believe that the world is good with evil in it? Raise your hand. And I raise my hand and I look around and I realize no one else has their hand up and it's too late. He has seen me. And so he says, well, Jacqueline, I'm going to show you why you're wrong. And he goes, now, how many of you here think the, the world is evil with good in it? Everybody else raises their hand. And so then he starts showing us news stories, like newspaper news stories. And in my school, I'm in a journalism class at the time. And I'm like, wait a minute, I just learned in journalism class, like bad news sets. Like we've been talking about how like you write headlines and how people, you know, would like to read like more horrifying or scary or startling things rather than the happy news, which is true today, even on the internet, you know, the clickbait are the like, ooh, what scandal is this? And I'm like, so that, that, that doesn't work. like your reasoning is flawed uh, and again i did not say this out loud in front of the group but later like i had a conversation one-on-one -on -one with the, <laughs> the guy i was just like hey you know like i disagree and that did not go over well that did not go over well at all um and then from that point forward i really felt like i became a target yeah moving forward from that uh i realized slowly like oh like questions aren't really allowed. Um, there's no room for other opinions. So <laughs> what I hear you saying so far is that you felt like it was emotionally manipulative 
and um, that it was very top down, um, very, this is how it's going to be either, you know, the Bible says, as I believe it, get over it kind of thing, mm -hmm. very authoritarian. And that there was no room for thinking outside the box or being accepting of even other versions of Christianity like Catholicism. So yeah. what were some of the key moments when you wanted to leave church and then become an atheist? Yeah, so I never set out. I never thought to myself, hmm, I'm going to try this atheism thing out. Uh, <laughs> it was that it never really came about that way. Um, so I waited to come out as a queer person until I was 24 and in a committed relationship. Uh, and my dad's side of the family is Southern Baptist and uh, they are still not accepting of that to this day. And uh, that was very difficult um, because they're because of their religion, they are not accepting of it uh, because the way they practice their religion. Uh, and so uh, coming out, you know, even to the most loving of Christians, uh, their response was, well, I think that makes God sad. You know, um, even even people who have now grown from that and they don't think that way anymore, um, maybe <laughs> that that was their that was their response. Uh, and that hurts a lot. And, you know, they are representing church and religion to me, you know, uh, even though and I, I feel like probably a lot of your uh, listeners will feel this way too, like to say, well, not all Christians, not all Christians are that way. Enough are for me. And that was a big turning point for me when I realized that the loving ones aren't the majority in my experience, in my day-to-day -day experience. They're not the majority. I meet more hateful people in the name of Christ, which again, I know many people say, well, I, they're wrong. Like they're not Christians. They're not practicing what Jesus taught. And I'm like, I get that. And so you and I together should be frustrated with these people, not you being frustrated with me pointing out that these people are holding your banner and saying these things to me, you know? Um, but I, I realized one day when I was about 18, I was like, this is all a lie. This is all wrong. Um, everything I've been doing is is, is wrong. Um, and so that was really when I became an atheist. I continued going to church. This is going to be very upsetting to my mother. Uh, sorry, mom, if you're listening. Uh, many people believe like I'm going to go to hell for that. And that's a really heavy burden to carry. That's a really, really awful thing to carry. And I, I feel sympathy for people who think that way. Because as you know, uh, my life, I'm a humanitarian, man. I, I'm a teacher, I work for charities, I'm an activist. I am always doing things for my community. And for like, I helped you make, uh, I crocheted 60 bags for a donation <laughs> to one of your Haiti trips. like. Honduras, I, yes, I love yes. doing those things. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry, Honduras, not Haiti. Yeah. That's all right. And yeah. um, 
actually hired as the Sunday school teacher for the Episcopal Church when I went to college as an atheist. Like they knew I was an atheist. And they were like, Jacqueline, you were born Southern Baptist. We know you know that Bible inside and outside and backwards and forwards. And they're like, we don't want you to teach it as fact. We want you to teach it as a book. And I said, I'm happy to do that. Involved with the church. I know but you have. With them knowing, um, like I, I don't, I don't believe, uh, really, really like it, it believe in a, uh, a God uh, that is out there. I, I think Jesus existed. I think he was a great guy who everybody got his message real, real wrong, even though it's very clear. But so, yeah, that was, that was my turning point. And I will say on the last note of this, the last, the time I remember very clearly when I decided that I was not going to church ever again, uh, except for with very certain circumstances. I was in New York City with my family uh, and they were doing a choir thing there. And we went to the Brooklyn Tabernacle uh, because they have an amazing choir at the Brooklyn Tabernacle. And just, oh, we can't wait to go and hear them sing. There's so many people. So we go and they're phenomenal. The music of the Brooklyn Tabernacle is amazing. And then I had to sit beside my mom and a bunch of her colleagues and listen to a homophobic sermon where the preacher said, you know, I don't care how much you love your gay daughter or niece or nephew or grandkid or aunt or uncle, they will not walk through the gates of heaven if they don't turn and repent. And I just sat there and cried because I knew that I couldn't say anything because I would embarrass my mom or my family or whomever else is around me. And I realized in that moment, I was like, I will never, I will never be put in this circumstance again. And if the church does not, not only say all are welcome, because many churches say all are welcome, but when you read their church website, it says, well, uh, you know, marriage is between a man and a woman. And, mm -hmm. you know, they, they go on and on. I'm like, oh, so all are welcome as long as you change once you're through the door. That doesn't work for me. So I, I need a church that I am willing to sit in and listen to that is loudly saying, hey, we're sorry for what our brothers and sisters have been saying and doing to the queer community and for the oppression of Black people here in America. We are fighting and working toward, like, here's what we are doing. And again, the I'm sorry. Again, even though it's not you, you know, it's not specifically your church or you specifically, but these other people, these other yahoos out here waving that banner saying, uh, you know, women shouldn't have rights over their own body because it's against my religion. Like so, that, that doesn't work for me. I, I want to say, I don't know if I can say this on behalf of the church, but I am really sorry. And I, <laughs> you know, I grew up in a very fundamentalist, conservative in environment. My folks were missionaries that had to go around the world to save folks. And it was very um, hurtful and damaging. In fact, I participated in a, uh, where we had an independent investigation of some of the things that happened. And, and I realized I was never going to get a, an apology out of them that I would find satisfactory. But yet I, I chose to stay in the church. I just found mm -hmm. out that um, uh, religion for me was different than what I experienced as a kid. So I'm wondering, what does atheism look like for you compared to, say, Christianity or any other religion? 
Yeah, so it, atheism is tricky because it is and it isn't religion. <laughs> um, well, I, honestly, the biggest thing for me is I don't really spend much time thinking about it. <laughs> I, I really don't. I don't. I don't spend time worried about if I'm making someone happy or sad, be it God. Um, I, I, I worry more about my day-to-day -day human interactions. Uh, one of the things that atheism in general is kind of missing out on is having that community. So you have to find other sources of community, which again, my combination of things, I have found a community with the queer community. Uh, in Seattle, we also have different groups and organizations that are nonprofits, but that I find my community that way. Um, and I find my ways to uh, both practice my activism as well as mutual aid and getting out and helping the community through those organizations. Um, because that was something that Brocalo taught me. <laughs> well, I was going to say, um, for the way I have discovered Christianity, and how active you are and how much you care about your fellow humans and the earth and want to make sure that everybody has a chance to live their most their life that's their most authentic self with integrity mm -hmm. and dignity i want to say jacqueline that's like that's christianity <laughs> mm -hmm. and i think that would be similar to other religions too like whether it's a buddhist or even um islam or some of those other that that's kind of a core component is to love your neighbor as yourself and um so mm -hmm. you may consider yourself an atheist but um sometimes i think you act like a christian <laughs> or a religious yeah, person yeah. Well, yeah and that's something too that uh again we we should be able to just like in our conversation right now like uh you just acknowledged other religions and how they're right and they're doing it right and how their community service and all of that counts. Where again, you have other organizations within all religions, other factions, I guess, that would say, no, no, nope, doesn't matter how good they are. They don't believe in God. That's it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's what my grandmother believed. Uh, she would tell us all the time that she just knew her father was in hell because he didn't believe in God. Um, and actually this grandmother passed away last year from COVID because she and my close family members didn't think COVID was a problem because of what they were learning at church, because their church was touting, this is not serious and God will protect you and you don't need science. Um, and so it's one of those, again, I hear that so loudly from that side of the family that it makes it very, it's an automatic pushback. And again, I, I find a lot of satisfaction and happiness and contentment in life without organized religion. On the topic of people having no religion or the nuns as we're talking about, it is so rare to find a church that can do community service with others and not also have that hey but but you you need to convert you need to to do this um and we found that, that actually a lot of our kids in college were really missing religion mm -hmm. were you know had felt rejected by the church and felt that you know this is a fight 
This is a fight between me and them because they've told me I can't exist or they've told my parents that they can't love me and that I don't exist to them. Uh, and so by opening that door with, again, there's no motive, there's no ulterior motive here. We're just actually loving people regardless of what they believe or think. So is yeah. what, what I'm hearing, set me straight if I'm not hearing this right, <laughs> is that your move to atheism was almost as, um, I want to get a far away from these hurtful events in Christianity as I possibly can. So it kind of reminds me of a pendulum. If a pendulum stuck way over on one end when you let go to it, it doesn't swing to the middle. It swings all the way over to the other side. Is that a fair analogy for your journey? Um, I would say when I was in right out of college, yes, I swung hard the other way and I would probably not be very nice to you if you tried to talk to me about God or Jesus, um, where there's that aggression there, uh, which again is, is an accurate thing of like, you have been hurt by this community that is supposed to love you yeah. and rejected by it. So heck yeah, I, I had a little push in my pendulum <laughs> <laughs> going that way. And what I have found though, is that my resting place is again, the atheism that I practice, quote unquote, right now in my center space of, I'm not angry at the church anymore. Uh, I'm able to have this conversation with you. Um, I am able to talk about the wrongdoings in my own family um, and have kind of let that go and walked away from that. Um, I, I'm not angry at, religion anymore um and again that that center space of like i'm not really worried about it i do what i want with my time on sunday and wednesday um i again i'm involved in many different ways but i feel no obligation to a deity <laughs> again i don't i don't spend much time thinking about well, I'm glad you said the word deity because that's what I think yeah. of when I hear the word atheism is it's someone who does not believe in any sort of God or deity or higher power or Jesus, Muhammad, whatever the case may be. So, and, and no faith, I guess, or no belief system. So how would you define your atheism? Yeah, I, I, that's exactly it. Um, I don't spend any time thinking about, worrying about, or trying to figure out God. Um, I, and again, I, I think we should re restate too, like I'm not trying to change anybody else's mind at all. I think it is wonderful for people to have community and religion, especially when they're using that in a positive way in the world. That is great, that's wonderful. Um, I am actually very, very like, this is the most I've ever talked about my atheism because it is very upsetting to people. I almost feel like people feel attacked whenever mm -hmm. I say in my mind, in my head, in my world, there's not a God. That doesn't mean that I'm telling you there's not one. And I, again, I don't want you to think that. That, that is perfectly fine for everybody to, to think. But for me, my world is very content and fine 
with making this life right now, in Christian words, to make this heaven, to make this awesome and great and fulfilling um, and living my life and doing things right now, every day in this, in each moment, like I'm living my best life. And as you know, I, I've been on a, a journey where I was, I was a teacher for six years in Kentucky, decided to travel the country. And so I, I sold and or donated all of my possessions and like the clothes that I own, I only own my favorite clothes. There's not one piece of clothing that I own that's like, mm, well, maybe if I need to look professional, I'll wear this. It's like, no, no. Like I only own what I love. Um, and same with how I spend my time. Uh, there, of course, are, you know, I've got to pay my bills. I've got to do things that I don't necessarily want to do. But the majority of my day and time is spent doing things that are pro Jacqueline and pro the community and the people who are around me. Well, you know, when you said living right here and right now and creating heaven on earth, I thought that's Jesus and that's Christianity. <laughs> you know, I don't think heaven is some futuristic thing and I don't think hell is some subterranean torture chamber that a sadistic God sends people to. So, thank um, goodness. I know, I know. I think Jesus comes to um, get the hell out of each one of us so that we are focused mm -hmm. on doing what's best for all of creation. So for those of us who have always been in church or who have had struggles with religion but have chosen to remain, what would you like us to know? First off, that's awesome. That's great. Uh, especially if you really truly have thought about the different things that church or religion, both the bad and the good that has been done in the name of Christianity for our topic, but religion, um, our job as good people, religion or no religion, to say that's wrong. And we need to make sure that that doesn't happen again. And by doing, you know, in order to do that, we have to acknowledge that somebody in the name of God said this is the right thing to do and enough people went along with it that it happened but we we got to listen we got to acknowledge and we've got to help and Absolutely. so you know i i would love to work hand in hand with christians um with any religion to do good um and i i would say that there's the many agnostics and atheists and people like that want to as well do good without the caveat of well when you walk in the door though we need you to change yes so go going at it through a like you're per you're, you're perfect the way you are you're great the way you are you don't have to change one thing about you um and truly meaning it you know because that that's also hard too because uh, we can say that all day but if we're secretly hoping that someone figures it out comes back around or you know, join the church that, that you're not genuinely there yet. If you're still wanting them to be something else or do something else. So I think we should go back around to the conversation before we actually hit the record button. Um, Cause I, <laughs> I think it was so funny and such a, um, you, you um, nailed me on it, but I remember <laughs> saying to you, um, Jacqueline, I'm still hopeful that you'll come back around to the church. I'm just full of hope that, you know, you, you live your life like a Christian anyway. And what was it you said to me? And I said, well, Miss Ann, 
I hope that you don't become an atheist. It is not my hope that you become an atheist. <laughs> he said, I just want to be clear. I'm not hoping that you become an atheist. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, okay, okay. <laughs> All right. I get it now. Okay. So yeah. just and it's, it's just, it's so ingrained. And I know it's I know. love. You know yes. what I mean? I know it's love. But. And you said it well, and it was that <laughs> aha moment that we as teachers love to see in our students. So that was an opportunity for you to tutor me. So to sum <laughs> things up, what is the single most important thing you want those listening to understand? Uh, again, for, for me, and there are plenty of people, plenty of atheists out there who do not agree with me, but it, it's all about love and it's all about caring for people and about not keeping secrets. Uh, even if the truth is painful and hurtful and embarrassing. Um, and have a I safe place to like, ask the questions you want to ask, to wrestle yeah. with issues. Yeah, and again, not not having to change. Uh, a You know, like I'm happy when I'm interacting with other people who do believe in God. I think their God thinks I'm great by what you told me about your faith and your religion and, and, and how Jesus works and God works, I think they would think I'm awesome. You are awesome. <laughs> you are awesome. And so, you know, it, it's one of those like remembering that, um, that, you know, God, God thinks you're great for, for following your way. And God thinks other people are great for maybe doing the opposite as long as we're not hurting one another and we're we're again working to make the world a better place we we can do that with or without god um and again if i'm doing it without god but we're still fulfilling like what you're saying you're like jacqueline that's what christianity is about well I, hey i think it's great <laughs> that's wonderful you know i love you guys as much as you love me and i also view you know if you're sitting here thinking hmm her ideas seem a little off to me that's how I feel about you as well. <laughs> and it's all out of love, but the, the, the same kind of confusion of like, all right, if you want to think that way, that's great. Actually, <laughs> I wasn't thinking your ideas were a little odd. So, um, <laughs> but I want to say, I am really glad that you know your multiplication tables now. <laughs> don't ask, don't quiz me, don't quiz me. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I, I really appreciate the time and the space to have this conversation. Because again, I don't feel like there was an ulterior motive in your talking to me. Um, like this, this has been wonderful and it's wonderful to talk about. And again, I hope my family and friends who are super involved in the church can, I would love to have conversations like with, this with them without them worrying about all the bad things that they believe because of their religion is going to happen to me. Well, thanks for, for being open and honest and for being my teacher. The roles have been reversed in this conversation. <laughs> and next time you're in town and we get together, maybe we can have more conversation. So our guest today is Jacqueline Jones, and she's talking about her journey from church to atheism. And thanks again, Jacqueline, for being with us today. Thank you.